Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. Thank you for joining us once again. It's me, Adam, and joining me as always is Alan. Hello, Alan. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm starting to get back into normal life. I was going to say, I'm just saying, as always, you you kind of missed an episode a couple of weeks ago because you were on your jollies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's now back off his holiday, which is good. And part of the show this week is going to be talking about Alan's little trip out to Walt Disney World, which we'll come on to a little bit later. It is episode 167 for uh, May 24th, 2015. And uh, what have we got for you this week? Well, we're going to do our usual news and rumours, as we always do. And I've just broken my microphone, which is wonderful. There we go, I fixed it. Um, going to be news and closures and all those bits and pieces to do with the park. And we're going to talk about Alan's holiday. We're going to talk about uh, Disney's ultimate attraction as well. Uh, we've got our last five pairings of the second round. And... Um, we're then going to be going into uh, the kind of third round where all the big names are going to start dropping out. But uh, we've got that as well. So they're kind of three segments that we're going to be looking at this week. But you're all right. You you, you kind of feel better now? You've got over the Disney blues? Sort of. Um, you know, I, I always find that when you come back after your Disney holiday, you, you want to do something. You've, you've, you've yeah. had some free time when you holiday. You've been yeah, thinking yeah. about things. So you, you decided a new project. I'm I'm basically doing a lot of um, implementation at work. Right. Okay. Um, so it's work-based projects. Plus me personally. I think that's the best <laughs> way. To do it. So you're spending work's money. Yeah. I'm, I may I may do a, a bathroom a bit later on in the year, but I'm I'm thinking you know of all the projects that I've not quite got finished at work, I'm gonna just get some guy in to do it, and I'll yeah. buy a load of stuff yeah. and just sort it all out as quick as I can. Okay. Fair enough. Sounds good. I'm not putting pixie dust everywhere, by the way. <laughs> You're actually building a castle right in the middle of uh, of your workshop. My fantasy land expansion. Yeah, and everyone has to stay until 9pm, uh, where yeah. you'll be setting off nightly fireworks. And I'll call it extra <laughs> magic hours. Staff of the is not magic hours at all. <laughs> These are extra magic hours where you get to come into work earlier uh, yeah. and enjoy it before anybody else. Yeah, and, and what I'm going to do once a year... On the longest day of the year, I'm going to do a 24-hour open session. <laughs> I think that sounds a great idea. I think that might work. You never know. You can give it a go and see what happens. That'd be brilliant. I, I put that forward this week, and we'll we'll hear next week about whether or not uh, it's been successful. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Everyone loves it. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure it will. I'm, I'm sure it'll go down ever so well. Right, okay, I think it's time to start with our news and rumours because I reckon it's going to be a long one tonight. So here we go then with our Disney Brit news and rumours. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away.
Okay, then it is our four by two. So what is going on with the news this week? Well, the orange top is now open. Speeding for new parking. Comforts for creatures. Animal poo is oh so sweet. There we go. So there's our four pieces of news. I will start us off uh, to do with the orange top. Well, basically the top of the orange multi-story car park that is in uh, opening for Disney Springs has now opened up its final top layer. There's now floor five is open air parking. For, uh, I'll start again. Floor five is now an open air parking facility. It does lack the shade and the technology and does enhance space allocation, which is great. However... The home is also home to multiple electric car charging points. The points are provided by ChargePoint and payment can be made via credit card at the station and will uh, the use of ChargePoint account card. So uh, it, it's now fully open then. Every single floor is ready for it use. Is. It is. And you can see that parking space from everywhere on West Side. Is it that big? Um, when we were walking through West Side, yeah. Catherine said, there's... Um, What's what's that orange shop over there? I said orange shop. I can't remember an orange shop being mentioned. And as we start to walk towards it, it's like, ah, oh, it's a multi-story, isn't it? Crazy. It's huge. So it really is that big. Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, you'd be pleased to know you now have five floors to choose from whenever you're going to park over for Disney Springs in the five-floor multi-story Disney Springs car park. We no longer need to talk about this car park anymore, surely now. Of course we do. Of course we do. You are continue some sort of weekly thing. And this this is sort of segueing slightly off it, but you've um you've got these electric charge points yeah. for cars. Now there's a good chance that us as tourists are never going to use them. Yeah. But in the UK, if you've got an electric car, which I haven't, and I looked into it heavily and I did a lot of research. Yeah, I read it as well. Um, you need to have special accounts for all the different charging points. Right. Okay. Dif Different areas have got different um, companies that run in the charging points. Right. For example, if I travel down to Alton Towers or even down to see you in my electric car, which I haven't got, I would have to get possibly two or three different accounts as I pass through different zones. Right, okay. So obviously, um, I think that's why it's important to know that charge point is who's controlling these charging stations. Right. Fair if enough. You're that way inclined. If, you're, if you're that way inclined, indeed. Okay. That sounds. So, it's just basically a case of you go up, you plug it in, you pay for whatever it's going to cost you, and then off you go. Yeah, so sort of. Fair enough. You get into your, your bacon hot car, and you have to put the air condition on full blast because there's no cover. You'll yeah, that's true. You'll be using all your battery up to get rid of your heat. That's true. It's going to be good. But it'll be fine. We're not, we're not worried. So, it'll be fine. But I, anyway, that's such a boring story, even, Adam. Talk can you even rent... Can you even rent, um, like, electric cars? Possibly. I don't know whether you can or not. That's a good point. If you can, do let us know. Uh, anyway, what's going on with uh, this speeding for parking thing? Yeah, well, after your boring parking-related story, I yeah. thought um, Why not carry might as well talk about another one. <laughs> Disney's failed plans for demolishing the Richard Petty driving experience and turn it into a... Da -da -da. Car park. Mm, wonderful. It's, it's what we need more of. I, well, yeah, I, you're right. I don't think we've got enough car parks. Well, um, apparently that is the situation because the transportation and ticket centre car park that you yeah. use with Magic Kingdom yeah. has been reaching capacity before the parks have been. Right. Which has meant that guests in cars are getting turned away 
before the Magic Kingdom's filled to the brim. Ah, now this just causes an issue. The reason for this is because the new Fantasyland expansion has allowed more guests to get into the park and sort of be entertained, and people are sort of flocking there as the main main point of attraction. Right. Okay. So, um, files have been planned, or plans have been failed. One, one, well, one way or the other, yeah. So, Things see, have been filed chance. away somewhere, and something's happened. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I'm going to say is that this was all planned before that major accident happened. Uh, yeah, there was talk of this happening, wasn't there? That They'd already discussed that something would be changing, and they would be doing something with this. So, yeah, it's not a, a knee-jerk reaction to what happened at Richard Petty. Yeah. Yeah, that is a very good point. So there you go. Uh, more parking coming. Do you know what? That's going to be a, a long trek on the on the buses and whatever. It is, isn't it? Because that's you, not close at all. If you're on the Disney Transport buses, you see the Richard Petty area quite a long time before you get to the... Yeah, you do. Because you you, the car park, you, you kind of come along, don't you? There's a three or four lanes of traffic. And you take yeah. the one to the left that takes you around to Richard Petty and the other go round right to the car park. So they're going to yeah. have to reroute all that road and stuff as well, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing a lot of work on um, around that area as well, sort of re getting traffic ready for it. Right. I think. So they've already started, sort of in the process of starting to fix it, so to speak. Yeah, fix it before it becomes a problem. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so uh, that's that's more exciting. Tell our news this week is just immense, isn't it? So there we go. There's some more parking coming to the Magic Kingdom and that sort of area. Let's tell you a little bit about some changes over at Animal Kingdom, and that is uh, Creature Comforts is now officially open. It has become a Starbucks location within the um, Animal Kingdom. And do you know what? Some of the photos we've looked at, I think it looks quite nice inside. It's still got that African sort of theme to it. It's got a lot of African sort of artifacts. You can buy your own souvenir Animal Kingdom Starbucks mug. Um, the usual fare is available. The usual kind of uh, lattes and those sort of bits and pieces are available for you to buy from there. The one thing I am interested to know is, uh, was, was it open when you went? It wasn't, was it? It wasn't. There was still a hoarding board up the front. I'm but the sign was up there. I'm intrigued to know how they're fitting in with the whole eco-friendly thing that Animal Kingdom have going. Uh, whether or not there's an issue here with regards to what having straws in the park and all that sort of stuff. Because there was, you obviously can't have your plastic straws and things like that because of the animals. And I'm intrigued to know how they're kind of covering that. Actually, that's quite an interesting point because on the, um, the menu boards, they've got a, a frappuccino or something like that. Yeah. And it's got a green plastic straw in it yeah so I'm, in so I'm intrigued to know what they're doing about that whether that's yeah they've considered but, um, well, I'm, I'm, they consider, but... I'm assuming that it's all going to be the usual stuff that you can get everywhere else I would expect so yeah um, I'm having a quick look at the air something that looks a bit like a zebra dome oh yeah but I don't know if it will be because they're meant to be animal kingdom only aren't they that's true who knows who knows, indeed. But that's now officially open. You can now get your coffee from there in the morning. So if you are that way inclined, then uh, head over to Starbucks first thing in the morning and you can uh, enjoy one of those. Right, what else then, Alan? What's the, what's the last piece of news you've got for us? The last bit of news is that the last part of the puzzle of Harambee's Marketplace has now actually opened. Um, and we weren't 100% sure what it was exactly going to be. It was um, going to be called Zuri's Sweet Shop. Yeah. And it wasn't. We, there was no real information about whether it was going to be like a specialist sweet shop or whether it was just going to be a standard sweet shop to sell in like overpriced M and M's or not. Um, but it's turned <laughs> out that this is actually quite a themed um, sweet shop. I've seen sweet shop too many times. That's what's put me off. Candy store. 
candy store. I was really um, poor American accent. I'd like to apologise to all the Americans listening right now at my real bad attempt. You don't normally apologise for bad accents. I know. I've just apologised for my bad accent. That was that was offensive. Well, in this candy store or sweet shop, as it's officially called, um, you can buy a lot of other things, not just overpriced M and M's. Okay. You can buy all this strange, unusual stuff from caramel apples, popcorn, brownies, and fudge. Right. You know, stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can also get a lot more African stroke Animal Kingdom themed items. Right. And one of the, the big things which I saw there, bear in mind, this shop wasn't open when I was there. I'll, I'll own up to that one. Yes. From looking at news on the uh, internet. The, um, they've got like a. What I would call pick and mix, but uh, I think they call it bulk candy vending boxes. Yeah. Um, you basically can get nuts, seeds, and dried fruit alongside your overpriced M&Ms. Right, okay. Um, so you can get like a, a pick and mix of some various things which are more a bit, a bit more eco-friendly. Yeah. Um, you can also buy spice rubs in this place, which um, they've themed this more to the animal kingdom. You can get um, flame tree spice rub. Um, it'll be quite tasty. You've got a flame tree barbecue sauce, which I'm assuming is similar to the one that they sell in the shop. Yeah, um, I'm selling so. the flame tree. Yeah. Um, and also you can get a bag of Tusker House roasted coffee. Oh, okay. Which, which again, I, I like the idea that because they're doing this over the, the Magic Kingdom a lot more so recently than they've ever done it before, mm. yeah, you can get in specifically themed items from that area. Yeah. So all, all of these restaurants and um things that are for sale here are very specifically themed to Africa in Animal Kingdom, which yeah. I think is fantastic. Yeah. But that's not the main thing that everyone's talking about. The main thing that people are talking about at the moment is that you can buy animal poop from the sweet shop. Yeah, what is this all about? I, I saw some stuff on Twitter about this. Okay, well, I'm going to send you a, a link to a picture I've got of this. It's going in the Skype chat. Yeah. And um, I've held back on it because I didn't want to share it too early. Um, you can get a range of sweets from the, the shop, which is called Match the Species. Now, I think this is inspired from what you can see over at um, the conservation station. Okay. At, um, it's just wrong. Wherever that is. Um, and these are poop-inspired confectionery. They just look wrong. They look really now, the wrong. The range of the items are elephant, giraffe, cotton-top tamarind, and hippo. Now, right. So the elephant one, for example. Go on, can you describe the elephant one? It's the one on the left. It's. It looks like a scone, and someone splashed some yellow paint all over the top of it. Okay. It's that, um light, light brown in color. Yeah, it is light brown in color. That's true. Um, I, th I think the I think it's coconut in it. Oh, is that what it is? Right. Okay. Um, but I think it's meant to represent like hay. Right. Know, like a very of course it does. Grassy hay sort of um stool, we'll call it. it just just looks wrong. But the, the giraffe one The giraffe the one looks one. awful. What's the that giraffe, one look like? It just looks like three odd shaped giant Maltesers that have been stuck together. It just looks or it looks awful. Very shiny. Yes, it's very it is very, very shiny, this is true. Now I've been told that this one is actually like a chocolate brownie. Right, okay. Which I, I can believe. Yeah, I can, I can see where they're coming from with that. And and if you think of chocolate brownie, and you, you can imagine what a chocolate brownie tastes like, I could quite 
see myself eating the giraffe poop from uh, this uh, stall. It just sounds wrong. Um, the next one in the uh, lineup is the cotton top tamarind. Yeah. Which do you want to describe what that poop looks like? Um, that one. <laughs> it looks like somebody's got a big bit of fudge, and they've melted it, and left whatever it is. It looks. It looks like. <laughs> It looks like a very light brown dog poo. I yeah. try to be polite, but I can't think of another way of saying it other than a very light brown dog poo. It it doesn't look tasty, does it? No, it doesn't. It it looks it looks like someone's had a very very bad belly. It it does it doesn't look pretty. That's that's very very true. Um, I'm not sure if it, this one is the one, but one of them contains a lot of peanut butter. That must be that one. It's the right colour for that to contain a lot of peanut peanut butter. Yeah, peanut butter. It looks like a very thick peanut butter, to be fair, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, and the last one, which is Hippo. Yeah. The, um, it looks a little bit like a chocolate-covered donut without the hole in the middle. I, I think that's that's the, the best description. I was going to say it looks like what I would call a Viscount chocolate biscuit. Yeah, a little bit like that, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see where um, you're coming from that one. It's got a good chocolate coating on it, and it doesn't look that ridiculous as an edible item. Compared to the cotton top tamarind one, which is uh, looks mm, foul. Oh, yeah. But uh, you know, I think this is a fantastic item that they've brought in here. It is one of these things where you're going to try it out as a novelty thing. Yeah, it's, I, I don't expect this to last around forever. Let's be honest. Oh, them turkey legs still pedal well, themselves, true, don't they? Um, the price at three dollars ninety nine for a, a portion. <laughs> That's wrong as well. Sounds wrong. Um, but I think it's fantastic that you, they've got specific items for the animal kingdom throughout Africa, whereas yeah, you know, true. these caramel apples you can get anywhere. They still look awful. Horrendous. If they were awful. if they were available when I was there, I think I would have tried all of them. Do you reckon you'd have gone for all of them? Yeah. Really? I'd, I'd have tried them. Maybe you know. the giraffe one. I'd have probably gone giraffe. But as for the rest of them, no, I, I don't know whether I could. Just think when you bite into it and you and see it it's just all like don't, nippy. Don't. It's just wrong. Uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, that's uh, what's going on with uh, these lovely treats over in the Animal Kingdom. Let's talk to you about some of the closures that are happening. If you're going over to the Magic Kingdom, then Pirates of the Caribbean is now closed until the 25th of September. Uh, there's nothing at all closed at Epcot, so that's really good. Flame Tree Barbecue is still closed, uh, only for a few more days, though. It reopens on June 23rd, and... Uh, there's nothing closed at Hollywood Studios, which is a lie. There's nothing closed at Hollywood Studios that's likely to reopen. There's a lot <laughs> closed at Hollywood Studios. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, there's nothing replacing it yet. And if you're going to downtown Disney, as we've talked about, the uh, roadworks on Buena Vista Drive are going to continue until spring 2016. They're widening the road to 10 lanes. It's going to include a dedicated bus lane and pedestrian bridges. Right, what's closed over at Disneyland Paris, Alan? Well, bizarrely, it's... Where Disneyland Paris usually have a crazy arrangement of things, it's exactly the same things that were closed last month. Yeah, they still seem to be closed. Again for the full month. So we've got Le Carousel de Lancelot. Yes, that's We've got Le Mystery de Nautilus. Yes. We've got Space Mountain Mission 2. Yes. And over at the Hollywood Studios, no, Hollywood Studios, Walt Disney Studios, we've got Flying Carpets over Agrabah. Agrabah? Like some sort of sheep. Yeah. That's closed all month. That's closed the whole month. Okay, fair enough. Right. Um, is that all of the news? That is pretty much all the news. Okay, in that case, I think it's time that we very quickly 
talked about this. It's our run Disney stuff, the Disney Brit running team. And uh, you did a little bit of running, haven't you, Alan, recently? Oh, my word. Have I done running? Yes, I have. I, I, whilst I was on the cruise, I decided to do the Disney Castaway K 5K. And I've got to say, it was brilliant. But? But boring. Was it really boring? It was the most boring route I've ever done. Okay. Um, but I'll tell you more about that in a bit. Yeah, that's fine. I think. Um, and also, I've been doing a lot of training, as Adam has. Yeah. Um, Adam's, I think you, you done, you've done your first official 5K, haven't you? I've done my first official 5K. Yeah, I did it the weekend. Um, really pleased with how that went. So, uh, so that's good news. And uh, I uh, will continue. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've, I'm, I'm training up towards 10K, um for a specific reason, and that is that two weeks on Sunday, I'm doing the Great North 10K. Wow. Which um, had been, I planned this quite early on Yeah. Um, in my running idea. I think I booked it sort of early January. It's been a while, yeah. I remember you having booked this quite a while ago. And um, this weekend, the running numbers have come in with the RFID tags on the yeah. running numbers, which I think is fantastically good technology. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of become a reality that two weeks on Sunday I will be running. This is happening. Yes. There is no choice in this. This is happening. I will say that when we book it up, you've got to predict how fast you're going to do it in. Yeah. And based upon my current speed that I'm doing, I'm doing about six minutes a kilometre. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll rephrase that. Me and my running team that we go running around the estate. Yeah. Sounds like little kids and their trainers. Yeah. Um, we're currently running around about six minutes a kilometre. Okay. So in theory, I could do this 10K in 60 minutes. Yeah. However, when I entered the race, I predicted that I would do it in one hour 20. And you're now thinking that maybe that was a bit of an over-exaggeration. Yeah. So I think one hour 20 is going to be, I don't know, is that about seven or eight minutes a kilometre? Something along those lines, yeah. So you're I'm now not... saying that's not gonna, that's not happening. It's um, I might I might try and stick to that so that I don't uh, mess up the system. You know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna go too fast. Yeah, you see, that was my mistake. Um, I went uh, and did this run at the weekend, my first five k, which was great, loved it. Um, but um, I got very excited with the occasion and I was running along quite happily with all the other people, and then my yep. five minute split came in and went, "You are running at five minutes twenty three a kilometer," and I was like, "Oh, that's really quite fast, isn't it?" And then I proceeded to realise that that was a ridiculous time to be running at, and yep. um, ended up suffering towards the end. But um, it was, you know, it was still a great experience, and I'm glad I did it. And it'll continue running, and I'll continue going to do those Saturday morning park runs as well, which yeah. were great. But yeah, I did uh, foolishly uh, go a little bit too far. I've got to say that the the best advice I can say for anyone that's doing the run is to run with people. Yes, because you get more motivation, um, whereas if you're running by yourself, it's quite easy to go, yeah, I've had enough. Yeah. Um, I On my last run out with um, a run with Stephen Coulson, who um, submits to the show occasionally, mm -hmm. um, and some of the dads of the estate, and we were running seven kilometres, and we thought it finished at the bus stop, so I pegged my legs off until the last, the last bit. Yeah. And when I got the bus stop, the timer on the phone said 
six kilometers. <laughs> to which point, I wasn't the first one to stop running. I was the second, quickly followed by the third person. And Stephen Coulson kept going all the way off into the distance and he completed the 7K all by himself. Fair enough. Uh, so I only did six. Oh, well, you know, you did it. I, 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 did, I didn't hit my goal that I wanted to do, but we're going to plan for we're planning for eight kilometers tomorrow. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm running now with the interval steps that I'm at about eight-ish kilometers, eight and a half, I think was the last one. Anyway, people aren't interested in that bit. Uh, what they are interested in is the fact that uh, you can still join the Disney Bit Running Team. It's facebook.com forward slash Disney Bit Running Team. If you want to join us for the actual uh, Disneyland Paris half marathon that we're doing, then you can uh, join up at uh, it's disneybrit.com forward slash DBRT and you can sign up for the uh, mailing list and everything there. It's really great. We've had some emails from people this week, some people offering their support uh, in running and helping us um, train and all those sort of things, which uh, we will get back to you about, which is fantastic. Uh, you can of course go to justgiving.com forward slash Disney Rip Running Team. You can sponsor us over there as well. Myself and Alan have got our first event uh, which we're running for, which is our 5K on the 18th of July, is it? 17th yep, or 18th, 18th of July. July. 18th of July. Uh, we're doing our first 5K as part of our challenge to get up to that half marathon for uh, September 2016. Um, but I will, of course, keep you updated on everything that we're doing and everything that's going on with regards to that. Um, and uh, before so, we forget about it, Adam. Mm. Oh, uh, yes. We, we started to set up a t-shirt for have. the Disney Bit Run team. We have. And we've got pretty much most of the way there. The only bit we haven't got is the main focus on the front of the t-shirt. And what I mean by that this is we've is got true. a title, we've got a star banner shape, yeah, and we just need something to go in the middle. So if you're arty and you fancy joining into the Disney Brit Run team, by all means submit smart. Yeah. And we'll get it get it plastered on there. If we get lots of um, if we get a few, we might have a, a vote on it and then um, and we'll see what we can do from there. Yeah, and go from there and see what happens. But uh, the plan is to get a Disney Brit Running team t-shirt going. Okay, so uh, that's everything to do with the running team, I think, is it not? Oh, do you just want to mention the event that's going up in Newcastle in support of Cordwell? Um, oh, yes. I know you oh. mentioned it to me. I'm going to have to quickly open up my Facebook here. You are now. Um, I'm going to a an event that's been organised by Katie Darcy, uh, listener of the show. And um, actually, Katie heard about the Cordwell Children's Charity. Through, when, through the podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, we had Hayley Walker on, and she was talking about um, the work that we do over there. And Katie's now been signed up to the um, Destination Dreams plan. Yes. She's got to raise a, I think it's about 1,200 quid. Something, it's something along those lines, isn't it? Yeah. So she'll she'll be going out there as a as volunteer to sort of aid with the families. Yeah. Um, but as part of that, you have to raise some money. So she's organising a charity night on... Um, the 6th of July, no, 16th of July. Oh, that's so close to your the running date. It is. It's about two days before, something like that. When does your school holiday start, Adam? Uh, mine starts uh, about a week before, if I remember rightly, something like that. Well, you can, you're more than welcome to come up for another day then, Adam. There you go, we might just do that. So you're coming up the Friday, <laughs> the running on the Saturday. There you go. See, there you are, we've just um, added just some more people. I'll just move in. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's just got this um, charity night. It's, it's only two pound fifty entry. It is say on Thursday the sixteenth of July. It's between seven o'clock and eleven o'clock at Westwood Club in yep. Washington. Yeah. Um, postcode is NE thirty eight seven LW. If you want to find out a little bit more information about what's going on there, um, Katie's got her own website set up, which is www.darcydreams.com. 
www.weebly.com. So that's Darcy, D-A-R-C-Y, dreams.weebly.com. There you go. You've got that on there, which will tell you more about that it. little uh, activity that's going on up there, which would be great. It's going to be a quiz and a raffle in there to go. Yes. Which will be very good. I'm very excited. That sounds good. Hopefully we'll come up for that as well. So that'd be cool. Right, uh, let's move on then. It is time, I think, for us to put you out of your misery or, or put you in a miserable place. I'm not quite sure which one it is because we're going to talk Alan's holiday. So then, Alan, uh, rather than as go, we were talking about this, where we were saying rather than going day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, that we'd break this up into kind of good, bad, and ugly, really, in three different uh, areas you wanted to talk about about your particular trip. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of suppose I'm going to hand over to you and let you talk it, talk us through, and, and talk to us about what it is you want to talk about about your your particular holiday. Okay, well, obviously we're not going to, because if you've heard me over the past probably two, three years, I don't know how long I've been doing Disney Brit now. Long enough. And I can just talk and ramble on forever, so yes, I will try and do that short. Um, first thing I want to talk about is the magic bands. Okay. Um, we had a, a bit of a mistake with the magic bands. Got a little bit too excited. We got into Port Orleans and we were given our magic bands. And my wife and my daughter decided to have the same colour magic band. Right. Let's get a pink one. And my eldest daughter decided to hand out the magic bands. Right. So there you are, ma'am. There's your one. Abigail, there's your one. And I got my, I got a yellow one and Imogen got a. I think it was a red one. Yeah. So I said, right, okay, Abigail, what I'll do is I'll adjust yours so it's smaller for you. Yeah. To which I did do that. And it was only when we entered into the park the next day that I realized that I'd ripped Catherine's band to become the smaller band for Abigail. Ah. Now that becomes an issue because you need to fingerprint if you're an adult. Yeah. You don't have to fingerprint if you're under 10. No, this is true. And two, um, the children weren't enabled to buy anything with the magic band. No. So um, after about another half an hour in, in the Magic Kingdom at um, the Emporium, the manager sorted it out and we got a replacement Magic Band. Oh, well, that's good. At least they were able to replace it for you. Yeah, and it didn't cost us anything. However, a, a person that was behind the counter yeah. was going to sort it out for us, but it was going to cost us $20-odd, which that's we were having to buy a new Magic Band. Okay. Right, luckily you found somebody else. Got that one sorted out. Yeah, got that sorted. Um, but... There's, there's been a, a few people saying that they don't like the magic band. Some people say they love it. And so I've got to say that. What's your I... opinion? Hmm? What's your opinion on these magic bands? I absolutely love them. Yeah, you see, I'm the same, and I I, I think they're great. Um, when I when I first put them on or put one on, I thought it's a bit uncomfortable. This. Yeah. But you got used to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, Adam, but I started to think of it like a watch. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, can I just say, actually, I want. I was at Disney, when we were there last year, and I was thinking, oh, I could do with a watch for this. I haven't got a watch. I said, do you know what they need to do? They need to make something of the Magic Bands, which has got a digital watch on it, so you know what the time is. And what have Disney gone and done? Yeah. It, it, so, it makes so much sense. It does. But yeah, it was a little bit like you got some sort of watch on. I know what you mean. I, I kept sort of... Because I, I haven't got a watch, and I didn't have my phone on me all the time. Yeah. I kept looking at my Magic Band, thinking it was a watch. Fair like, so what time is it? Oh no, it's it's not Mickey o'clock. Um, but it got to a point over the course of the holiday that the magic band was so integral into everything that I was doing yeah. that I was thinking back to previous years where it's like you go, 
Right, have you got the room key? Check. Yeah. Have you yeah, got your wallet? Yeah, yeah. Check. Have you got your, your camera? Check. And it was like all these different things you've got to remember. And like the magic band was just so simple, it always on your arm. And it got to a point because we bought the memory maker yes. that I stopped taking my camera out to the theme parks because I was just getting all the photographs taken for me. With that. Yeah. And it just made everything so simple. The only thing that I think they could improve on it is by storing your age. Okay. And uh, for what reason? Now, when you, when you check into the hotel, you obviously you've got to prove who you are, and I reckon that the reception desk could check to see that you are of your set age by yeah. some sort of ID. Um, there was only two occasions, and bear in mind that I'm, I think I'm about thirty-seven. You, yeah, I think I'm about thirty-seven. Okay. Um, I got ID'd for alcohol. Wow. You should have just stood stood there and said thank you very much. I won't have a drink. Uh, but the fact that you think I'm that young, that's brilliant. Yeah. Well. It was, I'm trying to think where it was. It was, um, I think it was the Yachtsman Steakhouse yeah. where we were ordering a, a bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, and also at Sana. Yeah. Or okay. Sanar. Sanar. Yes. Um, and again, we got ID'd after the guy had opened the bottle of wine. He said, oh, Have you got um, ID? I should have asked you beforehand. And we said, Well, I think Catherine's, she might be 32, 33. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I'm, what did I say, 35, 36? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's see, once you get beyond being 18 to watch a film, you don't it's worry about not it, important anymore. Yeah, no. Um, and I thought, well, you know, if they, if they put your age on your magic band, they can they would be able to check it without you having to carry around if you're British, that's your passport, true, yeah. or your driving license. Yeah, and that's the only thing that I would improve on it. But apart they, from that, they'd be able to add that automatically somehow. Yeah, and another thing that I noticed was. Going through the turnstiles, how easier it was to go through the turnstiles with just flashing your hand in front of that and, and moving on. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing how easy that was and how quick that was, and how you found that the queues that you used to have for ticketing had, had gone yeah. down so much. And you know, if you had a, a stroller a buggy, yeah, you'd have to go to a special one with a gate next to it. Yeah, but now you just go through anyone. Yeah, it, it was just it made so much more sense. It was perfect. So um, obviously that was one of my one of the things that I thought was fantastic. Um, one of the things that I'd built up so much was Trader Sam's. Yes. Um, I think I was talking about it on a show where it's it's a bit like the Adventures Club meets I don't know the Tiki Rooms. Yeah. And um, I was really excited about it. And the the bar opens at four o'clock, and you can sort of go in with kids mm -hmm. up until eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. So obviously we planned our day around that and um, we were going to Ohana's for tea and I thought well, I've been to Ohana's before so we'll, you know it's, it's, it's gonna be a good night out this and it turned horrible oh why Um Trader Sam's has got a capacity of about 45 right if if as much as that it might only be 38 and we arrived at the Polynesian we got changed in the toilets as yeah. any tourist would do yeah and the door was shut, and we opened the door to see, you know, is is this where it is? Is it open? And as we opened the door, this guy said, "Oh, come on in. How many is there?" Said there's seven. No, six of us. He said, "Oh yeah, come on in. Come on in. Um, you can't bring your stroller in. Can you just park your stroller around the corner?" Yeah. So I parked at the stroller around the corner. Yeah. And as I opened the door to find out where my family were, the lady at the desk said. 
Right, okay, I'll, I'll take your name down. Um, you'll, there'll be a table in about maybe 45 minutes. <gasps> I said, um, my family's in there. She said, um, and she put her hands in the air. I said, oh, I'll just go in anyway. Yeah. And it was sort of like a bit of a, you know, I'm, I'm trying to organize this room. You're saying something else. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. You're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And as we went in, the room was quite spacious, but there was no seating. Right. In reality, my family shouldn't have probably got in because ah. there wasn't any seating. And because it opens at four o'clock, yeah. you've got a room full of people going in at four o'clock. Yeah. And they're all wanting to get served yeah. by waitresses, waiters. And the service was quite slow because of that. Okay. Now, as we st stood around in a corner, we saw a little seat and Catherine, Catherine's parents at this point said, well, we'll take the kids out of here and use two stay. So it was just me and Catherine. Yeah. And we saw this seat that was probably big enough for four people. And there was one person sitting on it. And um, he was sitting on a, at a table op opposite someone else. Right. And the, the guy had said to Catherine, oh, you can, you can sit down. So Catherine sat down. And I was like standing around like a lemon. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I wonder if I can sit down as well. So I, Catherine shuffled across and I sat down. So bear in mind, this seat was big enough for four people. Yeah. And as soon as my butt touched the seat, this guy said, one person's fine, but two people's too many. Really? And I was like, ah, right. I feel really awkward now. Yeah. To which point we upped and left. Right, okay. It's like, now, the room itself, don't get us wrong, the theme was was very tiki room stuff. Yeah. It was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And because of my, because of the experience of not being able to get a table, not being able to get served easily, it would put a bit of a downer on that night. Right, okay. So, did you get to try any of the drinks? You didn't do any of that? We went out to, there's a, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It's, it's outside Trader Sam's, there's a, Basically a terrace, that's it, Trader Sam's Terrace. Right. Um, you can get exactly the same drinks, but it's outside um, by a little waterfall yeah. with a, a guy playing guitar. Um, so I, I had a, I think it was a shrunken zombie head or something like that. Right. You know, absolutely, drinks perfect, nothing wrong with that. Served in the same themed glasses. Yeah. Um, good service outside. It was a little bit warm, but that's what Florida is all about. Of course. Um, and obviously we... Sort of, we're moving forward, getting ready for Ohana's, which we've been to Ohana before, and the menus have changed since then. Yeah. But in theory, the experience should be exactly the same. Yeah. We found the meat to be quite gristly. Right. Okay. Almost as though they've used cheaper meat. Um. Also, the there was a, a long delay for um, beef skewers mm -hmm. or steak, and when the steak came, it was properly raw in the middle right I'm not talking about rare I'm talking about raw and um, it was like eh. that that was probably our, our lowest point of the holiday right okay that so you, it wasn't a a happy memory let's put it no it's, it's it's an experience you know yeah. I've, I've never had a bad experience at Disney and that was probably through a combination of events that was probably my lowest point was it enough to put you off going back I don't think I would go back to Ohana's now. Right. I'll be honest about that. Um, and I probably wouldn't go back to Trader Sam's because, well, 
there's there's not a lot more over there that I would go over for. Right, okay. I, I don't think I'd make a specialist journey halfway across Walt Disney World just to go to Trader Sam's. No, fair enough. I think if I was tying it into something, it it makes sense. But I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. For example, I wouldn't go all the way to the Animal Kingdom Lodge just to go in their bar. So then no, go. No, of course you wouldn't. Um, another thing which we did, which was um quite different to what we've done on previous holidays. My kids have always been scared of the characters. Yeah. And they petrified. Stitch came along one year, jumped up behind Imogen. Imogen screamed the place down. We had to eat the food up and leave yeah. very quick. Yeah. And this year, I decided to buy the Guide to the Magic's deluxe autograph book. Yeah. Which, which I know had you, you had delivered to your room, didn't you? Yeah. Um, it was there ready for us. It was obviously, the service was fantastic. And um, we'll try and get Tim Foster on the show in a future episode and we'll talk to him um, but the autograph book added quite a bit of backbone to us the structure of our holiday okay because we've, we've done the rides before we've done the parks before mm-hmm. but we've never done the characters and my, my daughter's seven years old and she likes to have a project so the project was we'll, we'll hunt down the characters and it was, she was quite excited about collecting the characters autographs um, from Mickey Mouse to we even got a waiter to sign the, the book in a, in a restaurant. Right. Um, the like Main Street characters, etc. And Tinkerbell, just just you know all all the characters that anyone else would normally do. You can get autograph books at Disney, but the reason that I'm sort of emphasising about this autograph book is that at the back of the autograph book, well, there's a bit of a scrapbook section where you can put stickers in. Yeah. But they've also got Epcot, and you've got areas where you can go around Epcot, around the World Showcase, and you get the um, cast members to stamp your book. Yeah. They've been to the country. Yeah, yeah. Write a little bit of information about themselves or their country, get them to sign the book. Yeah. And again, that added a bit more to the whole day. And in my mind, it was to replace that carrying that Duffy around. <laughs> oh, Duffy on a stick. You miss Duffy. Oh, Duffy on a stick. The uh, the kickoff stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I thought because I remember carrying one of them around previously, and they're just they're awkward. You can't really do much with them. No. Unfortunately, it didn't replace that. My kids did still want to carry a Duffy on a stick around. Um, Which, but, of course, you loved every moment of. Of course, you can you can get a Perry instead if you want. Okay. Yes, you can. Yes, I did notice that when we were last there. Um. They were added, added bonus about these um, Duffies and the stickers. They make a good fan when you get a bit hot. <laughs> that is true, yeah. But that does start to detach them from the stick, which then turns it into just a ruler and a bit of card. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, 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 this autograph book from The Guide to the Magic, absolutely spot on, and I thoroughly recommend it to anyone who's um, going out there. Okay. Which also, which also brings me to the other bit of paperwork that I was carrying around the park. Yeah. Which was Nicola and Fred's um, park planning. Mm, yeah. Now you, you took this yes. with you, didn't you, and, and used this as? Was it just before the trip? We used it while you were there. Um, I used it while I was there. Basically, I printed it off um, A5 size bits of paper, folded them in half, put them into this binder, which again, Nick, Fred and Nicholas sort of say which you can get um, off the internet, mm-hmm. and I wrote down the times of my fast passes. I wrote down. Um, restaurant reservations in the parks that we're going to and mm. basically I was using that all day long 
I rarely use the app, the Disney app. Um, I would basically be bring my folder out, flick to the page, right? Okay, we've got a fast pass at three o'clock. We've got a fast pass at four o'clock. We've yep. got dinner at five. Okay. And it was, it really, really helped us um, get everything sorted out in the holiday. Um, so again, that's that's something that I thoroughly recommend, and um, we'll, we'll put a link to it somewhere on the on the podcast. Yeah. Um, just so that people don't miss out on that, because I know we had a couple of people who actually emailed us, or well, it was on Facebook. Said, "Can you remind me of what that thing is that you used for the trip?" So if people have sort of heard it and used it, which is really great. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's, it's designed well. It's nice and clear and easy to understand. Um, it's got areas in there that you can write about um, tips and budgeting for yeah. the days. Yeah. If you're that way inclined, I'm not. I'm. Basically, I wrote on top of those areas with my fast pass information, mm-hmm. which, you know, if, if they were going to update it, they could add a bit more information in there for adding your fast passes. Um, so that's that. Tick. We've done the characters. Tick. We went to see Ariel. Right. I've never been to see Ariel before, as I've never seen um, a lot of the characters. Yeah. And the day that we went there, it was starting to lash down with rain. Now, as you enter Ariel's Grotto, mm. so you're going under the sea, so we were getting damper and damper, and we got in to see her. We, this was with the fast pass. Yeah. Fast pass, absolutely perfect. And worked, never, worked no problems whatsoever. Never used it to more success. Okay. Um, literally, when you go to meet a character, there is one person in front of you. Yeah. It is It is so smooth. Um, and you, you do get real priority over everyone that's been standing in queue for hours and hours mm-hmm. probably much to their hatred <laughs> um, which uh, there, there, were, there was times where like El Shanana, for example we went to see them and we walked up straight up into the queue probably four minutes we were there meeting El Shanana mm-hmm. and out and mm-hmm. the queue was um, I think it was about 100 minutes that's really good but you know that, that's we, we sort of sacrificed going on Big Thunder Mountain for a character meet and greet. So Okay. So it was a lot more about meeting the characters than than necessarily the attractions for you. I know because I, I know you're not a big ride person anyway, not not the, the sort of thrill rides. So everyone was quite happy with doing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With, the holiday was about the kids as much as anything, I think, this time. Right. Um, our youngest is four years old now, so yeah. she's... She's starting to see a, and experience a lot more than mm-hmm. uh, what she would have as, as a one and a half year old. Yeah. Um, so she's actually got into it quite a lot more. But um, what I was going to say about when we met Ariel, you leave Ariel's Grotto via a little tunnel. Yeah. And it goes out into the, the big wide world. And when we got to the end of that tunnel, it was properly starting off the ground, the rain. Mm. It was sort of flooded. It was three inches deep with water. Yeah. And we stood in this tunnel and Catherine said, well, we're just going to have to wait for it to finish. And the person in front of us got the phone out and said, well, according to the satellite, it's got about another two hours before it passes. Okay. And more and more people are backing up in this tunnel behind us. Hmm. So I said to Catherine, look, if it's going to be two hours, we can either stand here and be bored and just look at this rain. Or we we had our ponchos with us. We'll stick our ponchos on. And we'll go somewhere else. Yeah. So we've got our punches on and walked to Gaston's Tavern. Now, Gaston's Tavern is somewhere I didn't go. It, 
it was our second attempt to go to Gaston's Tavern. Right. Okay, the first attempt, we were looking for a light lunch. And as we went into Gaston's Tavern, the only thing that they really sell as food is, I think it's like a pork shank or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, well, we don't really fancy that. Fair enough. But I thought, well, as it's raining, we'll go in for a coffee. So coffee and a hot chocolate will warm ourselves up. Yeah. So we ordered coffee and a hot chocolate, a couple of cupcakes, a cinnamon bun that size in my head, um, and an ice cream, I think. Okay. And as we went to pay, the cast member said, it's on the mouse. Basically, the, the dining section was all filled with people who were not wanting to leave the place. Yeah. And we were probably the only person that had purchased anything, or willing to purchase anything. Yeah. And they must have had some sort of signal off, um, off a supervisor that, look, just offer it free of charge. Wow. So we had all that for free, which was a nice little bonus. That's a, that's pretty impressive that obviously you were looked after enough. Yeah. It was... Um, and my parents-in-law had yeah. gone to um, Pinocchio's village house. Yeah. Have you been there before? Uh, yeah, several, many, many times. What can you tell me about finding the seat? It was all right last time I was there. I don't think I had an oh. issue. Right, okay, well, everyone that I've spoken to about Pinocchio's Village House is that it's a nightmare to get a seat. Um, I was talking... No, I was not talking to... I was listening to um, Lee and Tracy's podcast on Unofficial Universal Orlando podcast yeah. today, and they were talking about um, getting cast members showing you where to sit down and it, at Universal. Or yes. team them. So yeah, yeah, uh, yes, because they did that at... Um... The Simpsons area. Yes, that's right. Mm. And um, basically, he was referring to a story where he went to Pinocchio's village house, and basically, you can't. You can, there's times where you can struggle to find a seat. Yeah. Um, as my in-laws had, they were standing around waiting for us to meet up with them. But we were in Gaston's tavern. We'd had a nice little seat in the corner, mm-hmm. free coffee and hot chocolate, cakes. Brilliant times. Um. So yeah, so that's that's. Another one of my highlights, getting some free stuff. Always like that. Of course. Why not? Um, we went to Mama Melrose's. Yes. We'd never been there before. Right. Uh, we'd signed, agreed on our dining plan to get a, I think, the Fantasmic dining package. Yeah. And I didn't really know what to expect from it. Um, I understood you'd get reserved seating for the fireworks show. Or yes. The yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And how were they? Um, well... The cast, it was again. This day was raining really heavily, and the cast member said, "All right, okay, it's a bit miserable out there. We'll, we'll get you your bread. We'll get you some drinks. We'll just have a look over the menu. I'll be with you in two minutes." Uh-huh. And he said, "Right, okay. I see you're on the Fantasmic Dining Package. Bear in mind that we were doing the Disney Dining Plan as well." Yeah. And he says, "Right, okay. Because I'm your server today, and people need to enlighten me on this. He said, because you're my, my, I'm your server today. You can choose any appetizer." Any entree, a dessert, and a drink. Yeah. And the service we were getting in this restaurant was the best service we've ever had. And because it was raining, the guy wasn't rushing us to get back out. No, of course. And he kept the drinks coming, which uh, I know it adds up to get towards his tip as well. Um, But the fact that we got a a starter included with our dining plan was amazing. Hmm. And we started to panic a little bit because we'd overspent our credits. And I said, is this one credit or two credits? He said, no, 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 it's just one credit. It's just one credit. <laughs> it's plying with stuff. 
And I was like, well, the, this Phantasmic package either includes that starter, or it doesn't. Or the, this guy is just being fantastically helpful. But if it did, if the Phantasmic package does include a starter, main course, and your dessert, and it's no extra dining credits, then that's a fantastic option to go for. Mm. Whereas you'd normally just get your main course and pudding, or dessert, you can get an extra starter for the frame, same price. I don't know the answer to that because having not done the Phantasmic package, I couldn't say. I think if, if anyone else has done the Phantasmic Dining package at Mama Melrose's or um, I think you can do it at the Brown Derby in Hollywood yeah, and Vine. Yeah, the other one is that, yeah. Um, I'll be interested to find out what the deal is over there because obviously I've only experienced Mama Melrose. I've only experienced it the once, so I can't say that it's a standard. I would like to think it is a standard and everyone gets it. Yeah. But the same... But the way that it was applied to us, it seemed to be like this guy had taken a special um, interest in our party. Which, again, was fantastic. So do let us know what what the actual answer to that is, because like I say, I, I don't honestly know what the answer to that question is. Yeah. So um, And then obviously you get your reserved seating for Phantasmic. And because it was lashing down with rain, the first show and got cancelled. Ah, of course, as it would. So they said that the Fantasmic package ticket would be valid for the second showing if we want. Yeah. Always good. So we, good news. We hung around for the second showing, and as we walked in, the guy said, All right, okay, well, you don't have to use this ticket because there'll be plenty of seating available. You'd be able to use that reserve seating ticket for up to five days. Right. So we, we'd held back in the parks specifically to use this ticket, whereas in reality, we could have come back to Hollywood Studios another night. Oh, it does it don't die, doesn't it, then? Yeah. But, you know, seeing Fantasmic in the rain, under a poncho, it's probably the best way to experience it. You're probably right. Um, but um, at least it stopped the kids wanting to buy loads of popcorn and stuff like that. Fair enough. Catherine Fair enough. got ID'd getting some wine. And some oh. of the... which, which, of course, she will be extremely pleased about. Of course. But uh, again, if that was on the Magic Bandit, we sorted. Yeah. So that's my general Disney holiday, I dare say. Okay. In terms of Walt Disney World. Um, oh, um, another thing to do a shout out for is Tour and Plans um, room allocation reservation thing. Yeah, go on then. Um, we have got a subscription with Tour and Plans. Yeah. And as part of the deal that you get there, you can choose, you can view the different rooms in the hotel and you can sort of suggest where you would like to stay yeah. based on your room preferences yeah. or uh, the what's the word term the grade that you've paid for yeah and if as long as it's within the grade they'll put it they'll fax that information to the hotel and like try and reserve it for you mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know what the best way of saying it is it's it's a is it like a suggestion? Yeah, it's it's like it's almost like a request, isn't it? Request. You know? That's yeah. the term. That's the term. It's not. Wonderful. It's not guaranteed. No. Now, when we got into Port Orleans, yeah, we basically got the room that we requested. And you ended up with uh, a princess room, didn't you? Got a princess room, which we'd, we'd paid. I think it was an extra twenty pound per night. It okay. wasn't that much extra. Um, but I'd specifically chosen a certain one that was nearer to the bus stop. Um, wasn't overlooking the swimming pool, so yeah. it wasn't going to be dead noisy. Yeah, but it was also a corner room, which gave us 
sort of two windows, which was quite nice. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we chose the an adjoining room for our in-laws. I say obviously. I'd have preferred it not to be adjoining, but <laughs> do they listen to this show? They they may do. <laughs> And the only reason I'd have preferred it out of joining is because I'd prefer to say right to the kids, you go off to see Nana and Granda, I'm off to sleep again. Yeah. But in reality, they were backwards and forwards and through the rooms. Um, so that um, request sort of worked really well. Okay. Animal Kingdom Lodge. We pretty much got where we were choose where we'd chosen within, I'd say, a couple of rooms. As in, what I mean by that is, if we had the room that was on the other side of the corridor, mm. it would have been the one that I'd chosen. However, it was the other side of the corridor, so the, the view wasn't exactly the same as what I was... Right, okay, thought. fair enough. Um, our our view from the Animal Kingdom Lodge was overlooking the um, animal animal housing, I dare say the term is, where the, sort of the giraffes go off to bed, mm-hmm. and where the zebras go through, mm-hmm. and um, get to see the, the medical treatment and stuff like that, which... Yeah. For, for a free standard view, I couldn't argue with it. I hadn't paid no. any extra to see any animals. Yeah. However, I had requested through this tour and plans to get to see some sort of animals, and it worked. So well, well worth the um, the time and the uh, of the subscription. Yeah, because it you know it doesn't take a lot of effort to to book those rooms to sit at all. No. Um, you basically just chose your view, clicked on it, and that was it. I think it was about five. Five days before you go on holiday, they send you fax request across for yeah. you um, and keep you up to date with how it's going, whether or not it's been re- received or not. And, you know, for, for, for a free service that I didn't really know about, yeah. say, I say free because I didn't join Tour and Plans for that service. No. It had been added while my subscription was going on. Okay. Um, I used Tour and Plans mainly for the Lines app and um, crowd calendars. Fair enough. Which, which, for my my benefit, my holiday, the crowd calendar got upgraded from a, a level six to a level eight. For the time that you were there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Is that everything that you wanted to talk about with regards to Disney World? In terms of Walt Disney World, okay. yes. What we'll do then in two weeks' time, we'll talk about Disney Cruise. Okay. Because I think um, I've obviously spoken about Disney Cruise before, but uh, I've spoken about it from an experienced cruiser point of view, having done it so many times and having other cruise lines to compare it to. Whereas you've just done it and you've got nothing to compare that to whatsoever. So what we'll do is in two weeks' time we'll talk Disney Cruise with you and see what you have to what you, what you want to talk about with that. That's absolutely fine. We'll go from there. I think that'd be well worth uh, listening to. Particularly for those people who, again, who haven't cruised before, have no idea of what to expect. It'd be good to hear your point of view for those people who are unsure as to whether book one or not. Yeah. Okay. If you want to know anything else that Alan's done on his his holiday that you don't you want to hear a bit more about, then do send us an email radio at disneybrit.com and of course we can uh, answer those questions as well on the next show. Right. I suppose then uh, we should talk a little bit about um, that thing called Disney's Ultimate Attraction. So then, Disney's Ultimate Attraction, basically, we have been doing for a long, long time now. We've uh, just got to, literally just got to the end of round two. Uh, Round two being um, 
the where we get kind of those little itty bitty attractions mostly have now disappeared or are disappearing and uh, we're really for the next round only going to only have mostly the big hitters left i've so, got a question here adam go on when did we start doing ultimate attraction really good question i want to say it's got to be seven eight months ago i think it feels like two years ago no we haven't been that long it was Christmas of 98. Christmas. <laughs> no, it wasn't that long ago. But we've done it a while now, but we are really getting to the point where we're... The thing is, we took every single attraction in Walt Disney World. Every one. Yeah. Not even like, we took this one and this one, and then we missed this one. Every single one. Um, and we're now at that point where we're getting rid of most of them and keeping the ones that are still important and getting rid of the ones that aren't. Which is, which is good. So, this week we have five pairs for you that you've been voting on. Ketchup Kitty Creek is up against Great Movie Ride. Enchanted Tales of Belle is up against Crush and Gusher. Prince Charming Regal Carousel is against Project Tomorrow. Finding Nemo the Musical is against Stitch's Great Escape. Hall of Presidents is versus Walt Disney One Man's Dream. So let's start off with our first pair then. This is Ketchup Kitty Creek. And that comes up against the Great Movie Ride. So Ketchup Kitty Creek is uh, the kids' play area in... Got to get this the right Typhoon way around, Typhoon Lagoon. And uh, that comes up against the Great Movie Ride, which is the uh, movie-based attraction in the centre of Disney Hollywood Studios, where it takes you on a journey through the movies, through movie history. So, Alan, to start us off, um, which one are you putting forward? So, just because I got distracted there trying to work out which one the yeah. freak was. Yeah. And um, it's Great Movie Ride or Catch Pretty Creek. Oh, yeah. Which, which one of those two is it going to be that you're putting through? Um, well, I didn't go to Catch Curry Creek this time. I can't even say it. <laughs> I said, I get rid of it just for that reason alone. Um, all I remember from previous years is there's a lot of water squirting fountains there. Yeah. Uh, which kids can control and shoot at you. And it is freezing cold water. Yes. And the great movie ride has just recently been updated. And have you ridden the updated version? I have. And is that much different? Um, you know, in the queue area when you go sort of through the theatre, yeah, um, down towards the cinema screen, mm -hmm. the guy who is in charge of TCM, yeah, actually sort of sort of talks about the film genres that are getting covered. Oh, okay. So there's a bit more information from that. So it's, it's a bit more. Um, I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think there's a possibly new voiceover on the. Um, Parts. I know the banner kind of that goes across the front of what's supposed to be the front of a cinema theatre area has now got TCM written on it as well, hasn't it? Right, okay. Um, changes there. And I also believe that the ending video is, fin is updated as well. Yes, I believe it has had a, a little bit of an update on it. However, it does have a lot of the old um, the old attractions or the old films in there as well, even. Yeah, okay. Uh, but apart from that, it's exactly the same. Um, but anyway... I, I think the Great Movie Ride is actually quite a good ride. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't, don't disagree with you. And it is much better than a, a squirty water climbing all over the place sort of yep. thing. Is. So, Great Movie Ride. So you're going for Great Movie Ride. Um, again, you know, Kitty Creek is okay. It's a small play area within Typhoon Lagoon. It's nowhere near to the expanse that you get in sort of Blizzard Beach, those sort of areas. I think even some of the kids... Play areas within resorts are better than Ketchikitty Creek is. Um, now, don't get me wrong, 
I'm not a huge fan of the Great Movie Ride, and the reason I'm not a huge fan is because it's not been updated for years and years and years. And yes, TCM have stepped in, they've changed a few bits here and added these bits here, but the problem we've got is uh, the majority of the attractions you go through are still focusing big scenes on films that a lot of the newer generations do not understand. Yeah. You know, when we go through Tarzan, there's a lot of kids who'll see that and go, well, that looks nothing like the cartoon, because there hasn't been a live-action Tarzan movie made in decades. Um, so... I think, you know, it, it still needs a lot of updating, but putting it up against Catch a Kitty Creek, then for me, Great Movie Ride goes through, which is the same for you lot, because everybody bar one person voted for the Great Movie Ride, so that goes through to the next round. Okay, coming up next. This is a tricky one. Enchanted Towers with Belle versus Crush and Gusher. Okay. Where do I stand with this one? I like Enchanted Towers with Belle. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a nice little attraction. I think it's well done. I think Lumiere's great. Um, we went and saw it. I ended up being involved in it, and it meant that I didn't actually get to see a lot of the show at all. Um, I think that's one of the downfalls to some of this show of, of Adventure Tales of Bell. If you end up involved in it, then actually I got a little bit bored because I was one of the two knights that was stood on either side. And... Um, I basically didn't see much of the show. I didn't really see the Lumiere animatronic properly. And I had to stand there and missed most of it. And it was a bit disappointing that happened. So for me, I'm going Christian Gusher. Um, mm -hmm. What about you? Oh, I've, I've got to say that I've, I've done Christian Gusher once. Um, I, I liked it. Um, I've done Belle. I'll say that again. I've done Enchanted Tales with Belle once. And it was an interesting concept, but I think the the build up to the the show is better than the actual show. Right. And um, my father-in-law was chosen as a knight. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. And when when you say that you actually miss most of it by being in that position, I can so totally see that because you just stand there with a bit of card yeah. in your face. Yeah. Um, and the, some of the kids really enjoy it. Some of them seem to be forced into it. You know, when, when the guy says, right, okay, who wants to be the beast? And he looks around and he hands over a card to someone. I know that he's looking for the more outgoing kids, but sometimes them kids are like, yeah, I want to do it. What, what am I doing? And then they get, they get selected and then it's too late and they start to, well, I don't really want to dance with Belle. Yeah. Um, sort of thing. So I'm going to say Crush and Gusher only because I think that the, the concept of telling the basic story of beating the beast doesn't really work that well, I don't think. Okay. In this now, I've got to say, though, one thing I did forget to say is that the, the that beginning part is phenomenal. The way they yeah. turn that that into that that you go through. I don't want to really want to say it just because there's people who have not seen it or not heard about it. Turn that into um, that. If you know what I mean. Um, and then you go through into and see... Madame de la Grande Bouche and all that sort of stuff. I think it's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, the second half, not so much. Um, well, we've we've upped Crush and Gusher's score. It's very close, but the Enchanted Towers of Bell goes through and beats Crush and Gusher, which I was kind of surprised at, if I'm honest. But hey, there we go. Mm. That's what happened. Right, Prince Charming Regal Carousel. That's coming up against Project Tomorrow, Inventing the Wonders of the Future. So this is the uh, carousel that's in smack bang in the middle of Fantasyland. That's coming up against Project Tomorrow, which is the post-show area 
for Spaceship Earth. Alan, start us off. Now, I've got to be totally honest. I am one of those people that, you know when you exit the ride through the gift shop? Yeah. I don't even look in the gift shop and I just run. Fair enough. And to me, this is what Project Tomorrow is. It is the equivalent of the gift shop. I know it's not a gift shop. Um, you come out of the attraction of Spaceship Earth and you see yourself on a big um, globe yeah. going somewhere near to your hometown, not exactly. And that's about as much as we do. We then go off to the toilets. And that, that's that's all I can say from Project Tomorrow. I don't honestly know what is in that room. Okay. And I think it, because it's just a, this, to me, it's the post show. It's not really the main attraction. No, you've and, got loads of little bits and pieces in there to do with Siemens. So there's interactive uh, games that you can play, and you can send a postcard home, and it zooms in it. And you've got the giant globe that's, that puts you uh, from the ride on the map, so people know where kind of you come from and all those sort of things. But at the same time, the carousel is just a carousel. It is, yes, yeah, it is. Um, well, I'm going to say the carousel's got more of an attraction to it than Project Tomorrow for me personally. Okay, yeah, well, I kind of looked at it in the same way. If there was two things out of these two things, if one of them was to disappear which one would disney fans be more disappointed with um project tomorrow wouldn't exist without spaceship earth whereas yeah. prince charming regal carousel exists entirely by itself and is a very popular attraction project tomorrow is also popular but popular to the point that quite often you don't stay in the poster area because you go in i look around and go wow there's a lot of people in here i'm going to be queuing forever to get on anything we don't really stay very long in there at all it does seem that everybody else has a very similar opinion to us because Prince Charming Regal Carousel well and truly thrashed uh, Project Tomorrow. Um, so Project Tomorrow's going and Prince Charming Regal Carousel does go through to the next round. So there Excellent. we go. Right. Finding Nemo the Musical versus Stitch's Great Escape. Alan, go on. That to me is an easy one. Oh, hold on. Or is yeah, it? Oh. I I like Stitch's Great Escape actually. I think the the animatronic in it is quite good. Yeah, it's quite um quite clever. Yeah, I don't really like the idea that you sit in a seat and these shoulder bars come over you. Um, but I know that's part of the effect. Um, I think the the whole concept of it is it's got quite a good uh, build up to it as well. The fact that you're moving from area to area into this there seemed to be some sort of urgency to move from one area to the next there seems to be a good story in it um, but versus Finding Nemo the musical I would normally say that it is a must for you to see at the Animal Kingdom Yeah. however I didn't get to see it this time at all um, but that was a cruise related issue we had a fast pass for the day that we came back off the cruise and to leave the cruise you have breakfast at 6.30 in the morning and meeting the 4 o'clock fast pass was quite uh, quite hard yeah so I would say that Finding Nemo has to go through over Ditch's Great Escape okay so you're saying Finding Nemo um, Finding Nemo the musical is one of the best shows for me in Walt Disney World um, I know we've had 
conversation with people who don't like things like this because it's an abridged version of the entire show. But I think uh, the things we find in the musical, I think you could extend it and it could become a full-blown musical and I think it's amazing. The music in it is brilliant. The new songs are fantastic. I, I also equally like Stitch's Great Escape. The problem with Stitch's Great Escape is a lot of people, I think, go, it's not Alien Encounter. And there's a reason why for that. You know, There's a reason why it isn't Alien Encounter and that's, that's absolutely fine. Um, but I, I still like it. But if I was to compare these two, if again, if it was, I could only see one of these for the rest of my life, it would be Finding Nemo the Musical without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. because it, it's it's such a good show, um, and I would it would not be a trip to Walt Disney World if I did not see Finding Nemo the Musical. Um, but again, you know, people voted, uh, and Finding Nemo the Musical well and truly beat Stitch's Great Escape. Um, so Stitch's Great Escape is gone, sadly. Uh, but finally, the music goes through. Right, now leaves us with two uh, attractions um, that we kind of pit against each other. They're both Walt Disney inspired. It's the Hall of Presidents in uh, Liberty Square versus Walt Disney One Man's Dream, which is the exhibition in Hollywood Studios that talks about Walt Disney and his vision and all those sort of things. And then the uh, Hall of Presidents... Um, is an attraction that gets updated every time we get a new president, basically, and talks about the history of America, a little bit of history of America, and then the president comes out and makes his speech. Um, again, Alan, go on, start us off. Which which one are you going for? This is quite a tough one, really, because I wouldn't normally, on every visit, go to the Hall of Presidents. Um, I don't want to sound rude or anything like that, but it's it doesn't interest me as much as. I don't know, the Jungle Crew, say. Yeah. Um, not not because I don't like American history, but I just generally don't, I'm not into history. So, I, that, that's my viewpoint on that one. I won't, I won't dig too deep because I don't want to have a big hole to climb out. <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, but at the same time, what was the other one again? Hall of Presidents. And then One Man's no, Dream. That one. one Man's Dream. Yeah. The One Man's Dream. Again, that's like that's like a history thing for me, which I'm not really that gripped by it. Although I know that obviously it is quite important to Walt Disney fans. Um, it's got a lot of cool things in there, and um, we did go in there this time and saw the little tiny dancing man puppet thing, um, which was quite interesting to see the workings of that um, the original work dancing man animatronic, I'll call it. Um, which Walt Disney created um, and how they managed to get all the different actions to happen and um, when you see the actual the back of it this little tiny guy who's about five inches tall when you look behind it there's a, a gear wheel that's about two foot diameter it's absolutely huge and it's all does different actions as it spins around although it doesn't work at the moment um, so I'll be honest that I wouldn't I wouldn't cry if I lost both these attractions. So, I'll I'll say one man's dream. So that's that, that, that's if you kind of hard pushed for a response. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't miss either of them. Um, see, I'm completely opposite. I haven't seen the Hall of Presidents now on the last two trips. It's not really changed in the last two trips I've been either. It's still President Obama. The show's the same. It's okay. Um, the animatronics are, are phenomenal, and what they do with them and how they make the move and all those sort of things is amazing. Um, but it's not a must-do for me at all. One Man's Dream, on the other hand, is. It's an absolute must-do. Um, 
because it is about Walt Disney and one of the things that I'm massively passionate about and into is the history of Walt Disney and the company and all those sort of things and that's exactly what this is you know it's the history of why Walt did what he did and how he created the multiplane cameras and how he created the models for this and that and the other and then as you go further and further through it then talks goes into what you know they did about the theme parks and all that sort of stuff um I love kind of the models they have at the end uh, and as you go in, sometimes they change those models out to different things that are going on, and you know, and the Fantasyland expansions in there, and those sorts of things at the minute. But the the absolute kind of main thing for me is the film at the end. Um, it gets me every time, doesn't matter how many times I see it, and it, it just shows you just like what an amazing man Walt Disney really was. Um, and it's just fantastic. I love it. And it's this is one of those things that I would do again and again and again. And it's amazing, really, because it was only believed to kind of be semi semi-temporary, semi-permanent I suppose um, mm. for the hundred years of magic and it's kind of stayed and become a bit of a a sort of favourite among Disney fans so I would get rid of Hall of Presidents and keep One Man's Dream um, well, everybody agreed anyway because um, One Man's Dream won't totally beat Hall of Presidents and goes through to the next round which is great so that's good do, news. Do you think some of that's based upon our, our viewpoint on politics in this? Country? It could be, yeah. It, it could partly be to do with the fact that you know why we're not that interested in American politics as such, but we are interested in Walt Disney. So it could be that that's part of the reason why that's happened. I don't know. Yeah, we're not even interested in our own politics, to be honest. No, that's true. Okay. Right. So they are the ones that are going through. So this week it's the Great Movie Ride, The Enchanted Tales of Belle, Prince. Charming Regal Carousel, Finding Nemo the Musical, and Walt Disney One Man's Dream that goes through. They are joining this list, right? Now, bear in mind, we've not done the matchups yet. I haven't done the matchups until I got these, and they are literally going to be randomly matched now. Um, you're going to be literally picking names out of a hat, that sort of idea, so it's as fair as we possibly can. And then we'll go from there. So those are the five that have gone through this week. They are now up against the following set of attractions. Honestly, I look through this list and I think every time we lose one now, it's going to be pretty big, bar one or two. Pirates of the Caribbean, It's a Small World, Haunted Mansion, Expedition Everest, Kilimanjaro Safaris, Muppet Vision 3D, Main Street Electrical Parade, Wilderness Explorers, Star Tours, The Adventures Continue, Toy Story Midway Mania, Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, Carly River Rapids, Beauty and the Beast Live on Stage, Fantasmic, Dumbo the Flying Elephant, Spaceship Earth, Jungle Cruise, Big Thunder Mountain, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, Splash Mountain, Festival of the Lion King, The Magic Kingdom Welcome Show, Maharaja Jungle Trek, Test Track, Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover, Cinderella Castle, Walt Disney World Railroad, Country Bear Jamboree, Mickey's Filler Magic, Space Mountain, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Peter Pan's Flight, the uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, Illuminations, Disney's Festival of Fantasy Parade, Wishes, Nighttime Spectacular, and Soaring. I, I can see a few of that I could read out quite easily. Yeah, this I, I as I was going through that, there's probably five or six I could say, yeah, you're gone. Not bothered about you whatsoever. But there's a lot in there that when we pair them up, it's going to be seriously tough. Seriously mm. tough. Let's say, for argument's sake, Haunted Mansion comes up against Pirates of the Caribbean. You're going to knock one of the big hitters out at that particular point. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens with that and, and where it goes. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna. I've just picked up on something else that I was gonna say would be picked up my trip. Sorry. No, go on. Um, we we did Wilderness Explorers and we did this the new Pirates Adventure thing. 
Was it Pirates of the Seven oh, Seas? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we actually spent more time doing that than we did on a lot of attractions. We actually spent more time doing free roaming things and, for example, the character meeting greets and signatures and this free roaming thing. Um, Wilderness Explorers was quite fun, getting a little bit of education. Um, what sort of material, for example, is bamboo? Um, isn't it food? Well, I wasn't <laughs> going to say food. Let's, let's try and work out a different way of saying this. I don't know. The guy, the guy held up a bit of bamboo. Yeah. And we, he said, "What sort of material is it?" And we said, "Wood." Yeah. It's it's wood. It's reed, know. isn't it? Is right? Apparently, it's grass. Oh. Um, and to do a conservation, apparently, if you cut down grass, grass grows back. Whereas if you cut down tree, tree doesn't. There you go. Very interesting. Um, the, and the pirates thing was it was quite good fun. It's there was lots and lots of interactive elements within Adventureland yeah. which you what don't see that often. Um, and some of them would sort of would burst into life and were quite startling at times. Right. Um, one, of the, one of the nice little effects that happened was there was um, a cannon fire, um, a cannon battle even going on with the cannons that are above Pirates of the Caribbean. So, right. Yeah. Quite a good bit of fun stuff there, but it was just... Just, just run at your own pace items rather than having to race in the queues. Okay. It's one of those ones that I didn't get the chance to do last time I was there. And um, I went to do it one night, late one night, when I was there on my own. And I missed a chance because uh, I think it shut early or something like that. I think there's about nine or ten different adventures you can do. Okay. Um, they're all based on the same sort of thing. Go yeah. from point A to B, C yeah. and D. And then you get a a special event happen. Cool. Sounds good. Right, well, well, I think that's it. We are done. Show is finished. Everything is sorted. Uh, which means it is time for the following. Right, well, thank you once again for joining us. This is it. This is us playing ourselves out. Uh, thank you for joining me, Alan. No problem, any time. And uh, said, if you want to know anything more about Alan's uh, holiday, then you can uh, send us an email, radio at disneybrit.com, or just want to send us an email in general about anything. So we've had some lovely ones for some people who uh, want to help us out with the running team, which would be great. Um, you can say radio at disneybrit.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at DisneyBrit. And you can also... Um, Join in the conversation over on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit Podcast. What else? What have I missed? I've completely gone blank. If ah. you want to submit some art for the t-shirt. Yes, if you want to submit some art for the t-shirt, again, radio at disneybrit.com. That would be great. Um, if you want to join the running team, then it's uh, disneybrit.com forward slash dbrt. And uh, you can join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash disneybrit running team. If you just want to support us by donating, then of course you can go to justgiving.com forward slash disneybrit running team. And uh, all your money will go to Cordwell Children as we continue to raise as much money as we can over the next sort of year and a bit, really, running up to the Disneyland Paris half marathon. Um, and that's pretty much it, I think, from us. We'll be back next week with the next episode of uh, Disney Brit Bite Size. We'll be talking about a particular topic. And then in two weeks' time, We'll be back again. We'll go through the next set of uh, Disney's Ultimate Attractions. And Alan's going to talk about his cruise. Until then, yeah. we'll see ya.
was swell! 